0: Welcome to the Maven's Do It Better podcast, and now your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Here we are again for another episode of the Maven's Do It Better podcast, where we interview extraordinary experts who bring a light to our world, and today I'm super excited. Uh, This is our first recording, my first recording of the new year, so excited to have Rachel Ann Mullins on. Hello, Rachel. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So uh, Rachel and I have sort of I danced around each other for a little while, I think. Yeah, we're
1: like, we've been doing the gram dance for some time.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And so uh, we, got, we got to talking over, I think, over Instagram, and, mm-hmm. uh, which I love that platform. I, I, I find so many good people and I just love getting to know people on that. And uh, we got to talking and and, to, and you said yes immediately, which I was so excited about. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's you great. know what? I, when I try to interview people from my podcast or like we talk about it, like it's granted my show is dark and dirty and disgusting, but like <laughs> people are like, oh yeah, I'll totally do that. And then I'll be like, okay, let's do it. And they're like, mm, and seriously, for real, like I can't do right now. So. <laughs> I tried to not do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell well, tell everybody. Um, so you are a fellow podcaster. So, uh, will you tell everybody uh, the name of your podcast and what it's about? That would be awesome.
1: All right. So, the dark and dirty is. <laughs> I have a show <laughs> called No Filter Friday on Public House Media, where I cover all things hashtag Me Too, but from inside of Hollywood. Um, so I did my 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 hundredth episode last month. So I'm wow. I'm over the hundred mark these days um, because I do a weekly show and Harvey Weinstein got that story broke a couple years ago so put me in the in the hundred place and it's be- I, I, what happened was what had happened was is that um, the network had called me a few months before the Harvey story broke and they're like hey do you want to do a show and I'm like well the only thing I can really talk about is like purses and stuff in this ridiculous <laughs> this town and which are lovely topics um, mm-hmm. I could talk about the end of time, basically. But I'm like, I don't know if anybody really wants to hear that. So,
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, I was like, no, I don't think I really have anything that's like, especially, you know. And then the story broke about Harvey, and I was at this producer conference go to twice a year, and I was like, the time has come.
0: <laughs> like wow. we need yeah. to talk about uh, those issues. For yeah, sure, right? we need.
1: Yeah, we need to do this. We need to do this for sure. So I talked to them uh I don't know probably like a week or two after the the story with Harvey broke and yeah. we're like yes absolutely let's put this together so we've smashed a, a situation together and I do I do my show live on Facebook on the Public House Media Facebook page and then they take take the audio and they make it into podcasts that you can get wherever you get you know a podcast app so it's, ki- it's kind of both and I really wanted to do the show live because I wanted it to be like a a group discussion basically mm-hmm. so people can ask questions or throw in their opinions or you know if it's my little cousins trying to get in get in on some <laughs> on some <laughs> basic live action whatever the case may be but right. the whole the whole movement i think is something that needs to be a discussion like there's enough talking at there needs to be talking between basically mm-hmm. in my opinion to really, yeah. really get anything accomplished other than yeah. just be like oh did you see the news today like if we're actually going to get anything out of this, then we have to like, it has to become a part of us basically. So that's how my show was born and continues to, and the show writes itself. Like somebody gets in trouble every week. Like I literally have to do nothing.
0: (laughs) I I hate that I'm laughing at that, but it's true, unfortunately. It's
1: true. It's true. It's the way it is. You you have to laugh. You just have to embrace, to embrace the facts.
0: Yeah. I think, do you think that, since the story broke with him, and so where we are, you know, t- in this moment, you know, I I I talk to people a lot about the pendulum, like uh, the pendulum yeah. swings, right? With anything, you you kind of start over on one side, and then a lot of the times it goes all the You're way way
1: over. way way over, yeah, way
0: over. Where do you think the pendulum is now? You know, on this issue? Uh,
1: you know, I think we're barely maybe even halfway. Honestly, yeah. like we mm-hmm. haven't even really really got into the nitty-gritty of stuff now that Harvey's been charged on both coasts because he was for a long time he was just in New York and as of yesterday he got charged in LA and you know took a walk or to court and all this just just silliness but now that he's uh, now that he's getting charged on both coasts and I think um, I think Pennsylvania might have it out for him too possibly so we'll, um, we'll see where this goes but I've always said that Harvey is the sacrificial lamb in this case. He's who they chose to kind of break the news because he's done some really atrocious things, but not nearly as atrocious of what these pedophiles in Hollywood have been doing for a long time. So we're easing the general public into the grime and disgustiness that has been going on in this seething pool for a long time.
0: I get the sense from, you know, people are like, when is this going to be over? and it's I keep going oh it's just starting you know just it's starting
1: yeah it's not going anywhere it's actually multiplying um one of the things I'm I showed this year is I'm talking to all the me Too movements around the world like I talked to hashtag me to Ethiopia yesterday
0: wow
1: I've spoken to the woman who run, who runs me to India there's a me to Germany there's me to France there's me to South Korea um they all have their own different situations going on with this kind of subject matter and so my goal for 2020 in this situation is to get all of these movements to like communicate and talk me like what's going on over here what's going on over here what's your problems that we can help you fix what are your, our problems that you can help us fix whatever the case may be Communication's key right so let's do it
0: yeah absolutely well and it's you know it's not just Hollywood right so it's it's you know the spilling over yeah you know, I work in technology and and so, you know, so with the Google memo and other things that have come out, you know, there's like all of, it's, it's, it's people are like, oh, it's Hollywood and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's everywhere, folks. Um, it's just that this, this was the, the, the key that sort of cracked everything open, right? And so these conversations of Me Too um, also, you know, the push for inclusive culture and diverse culture and, and hearing voices that are different from our own. I think it's really, it's a huge positive thing you know, um, and it's uncomfortable. People don't like it. And it's like, well, it's terrible. So it shouldn't be comfortable.
1: Yeah, it's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. That's not the point. But at the same time, though, like we can't expect anything to get, like you have to name the puppy, right? Like you can't expect anything to get magically better if you won't put on your adult pants and like it listen. Is it going to kill you to listen? Really?
0: Like like, get that painful. Do Do you ever... Worry or or feel like people are like oh i don't want to work with her cuz i know she got that mouth kind of thing
1: <laughs> um you know i think i've gotten more i think my circle has expanded because of it not necessarily contracted and i but i've been careful about this though like i haven't um just like gone for people on my own and you know if there's a, there's a couple certain individuals if they do come out in the news which i'm sure they will I'm sure they will at some point I'll be like, ooh, I've been waiting for this day. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Oh, mommy's got the receipts. That I I haven't gone necessarily after anybody specifically on my own terms. It's always been you know, a story that's already been broken, basically. Other than a couple times I've been like, Oh yeah, well this this thing happened, but wait till you hear about this executive from this studio who's been doing this. So sometimes I'll allude to stuff, but Unless it's like new, like, and that's the thing too, is like, we have so many people that are like, Oh, the conspiracy theorists. And like, and the thing is like, they're not conspiracy theories at all. They're truth. Truth is straight to the fiction. And I, a thing that I say on my show all the time is that like the truth hurts, right? Like that's an expression that we hear all the time, but we just don't absorb it. If you mm-hmm. hear something and it's hurting you, it's probably not a lie. Lies are pretty. If you hear something and it stings, that was probably the truth stinging you.
0: Yeah. And it's probably stung you and not, mm-hmm. and not just you. So you have this podcast that started about two what, years a year ago, ago you yeah two years yeah. ago, right, of course, yeah, two years ago. Um, and then you're also you're a, an actor, you're a model you so talk about all you have such a you have so many things that you have your hands in yes give us give us a flavor.
1: all of my flavors my, my basketball um. Okay, so started modeling when I was 12. And that kind of branched into acting when I was around 15. And I was like, Oh, God, this is terrible. Why would anyone do this? Um, No wonder they pay these people money. Um, And then I was in LA for a couple years, just modeling. And then my friends would be, you know, like on their sets and like, Oh, just come eat your craft service. And I'm like, Okay, so I would not like, Oh, just try this costume. We're like, just, 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 just kind of Snowball than the monster that it is today. But um, I've spent so much time producing and directing over the last year that I haven't really had um, a ton of as much acting as I've done in the past. Also, I'm over 30 now, so I'm not necessarily doing the stuff that I used to be doing. But I did get to work on some cool things this year. Like I, did, I got to do Bombshell, which is amazing, I had to work with John Lithgow. And then um, I worked. Three, worked I say that in quotations on once upon a time in Hollywood for three days um they didn't ever end up using me for the gag that they wanted to do I just kind of sat around and ate their food for three days um so on paper I get checks from that but I don't necessarily I didn't necessarily do a thing on that seat no I I was uh firmly uh in the buffet line for all three of those days uh <laughs> <laughs> um and then what else did gotcha. I work on before that and then uh I think the year before I did two days on that Showtime show Black Monday with Don Cheadle which was so much fun uh I had a Playboy bunny outfit a Ronald Reagan mask and a cigarette hanging out of the mouth it was so much fun so much fun and they let me do the, they let me do the cigarette thing which was my idea I went to the props guy and I was like could I have a cigarette hang out of this out of this this mask he's like yeah go whatever go out <laughs> sure do whatever <laughs> knock yourself out it's do like, whatever you're you want. I'm like yeah. listen I'm in a good you caught me in a good mood harness a power like go with it so have to do that but like um so it's kind of been like fewer of like cooler stuff as opposed to like a lot of whatever stuff
0: yeah Absolutely. Well, and I don't know, as far as like doing TV versus television. I mean, so there's there's, you know, craft services um, <laughs> which which some but people don't always understand that, you know, it's a lot of sitting around, you know, and that you're waiting for to be on. But you were on some TV shows as well, happy endings and then the Yeah, oh my Deep god, Apartment I love yeah.
1: I love working on happy endings. I think that's one of my favorite things I've ever worked on. And it was everybody was so wonderful. I'm still friends with Damon Wayans Jr. to this day. Like, I talked to right. him, like, a month ago. Um, awesome. And I, I met him, like, randomly at Amoeba before I did that show. And he was like, oh, my girlfriend just sprayed me in the face with Windex because she was mad at me. Like, I, <laughs> that's, like, that's, yeah. how I, that's how I met him. And then I did the show, and I didn't really know who he was. And I was like, wait a second, didn't we meet an Amoeba? And he's like, oh, my God, yeah, that was the day that my girlfriend sprayed me in the face with Windex. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> point of fact right yeah, a good yeah, sense yeah. memory connection there
1: huh yeah definitely and um jay i, I always mess up jay's last name jay chandrashkar uh directed that episode and he's so wonderful and i learned so much from him uh directing life and like his set was like super chill like not even the grips and electric spot like it was oh, so so wonderful adorable. That's, that's
0: fantastic and where are you from originally
1: i'm from detroit
0: I had a feeling you were a mitten sister. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was born in Muskegon.
1: What? Oh, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, my family's from Bay City and Elma, so.
1: Even from Muskegon, too funny.
0: Uh, I know. I always can tell when somebody's from the Midwest. Yeah. Good people.
1: Totally. Like, I'll cut you, but I'll also give you a pie. Rhubarb.
0: Yes, <laughs> well, we'll bake for you. Yes, rhubarb, for sure. Yeah, I'm. Uh, my, my family is Polish and German. So yeah, a lot of food. A lot of food uh so how long were you in detroit
1: 19 cold arduous years
0: that's cool when did you decide you're like i want to be an actor
1: i did I, I didn't i didn't decide, i didn't decide any of this It just happened to me um yeah i got a thing in the mail they're like you're tall you're 12 years old and five seven this could work out um come to this thing and i was like nah this is dumb and my friend got a hold of it, like, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. I was like, oh, fine. Only because I'm such a good friend. Um, so we did. And, you know, here I am now, 19 years later. Uh, then, lo and behold, my neighbor across the street when I was 15 is a director or cinematographer. And he's so, Wayne, Wayne is so wildly talented. I love him so much. Um, but I, I was coming home from school one day, and him and his other grown man friend were throwing, like, a bride's bouquet around the front yard. And I'm like, honey, what are you doing? with your other grown man friend he's like oh I did this wedding movie in the Carolinas and I forgot to get this like bouquet shot I was like mm-hmm. I think you and your I think you and your man friend are throwing flowers around your front yard that's what I think you're doing <laughs> and he's like no, no 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 that's not at all what's happening <laughs> he's like actually I got this grant to make this like short horror movie like do you want to do that and I was like okay weirdo so <laughs> a lot of things start from me I'm like all right weirdo let's do this." Um, (laughs) I think that's that's really all you have to do is like be a weirdo and tell me you want to do a thing we're doing it um there is no such thing as a pipe dream around here
0: yeah yeah
1: I did that Was like I had to wear these white contacts and it was so so painful and so hard I'm like I'm never doing this again and then fast forward a few years and I was lured I was lured with snacks like Homer Simpson to the set (laughs)
0: food will do it food gets us to do many things that we wouldn't normally do I know
1: it's like will will work for a fruit basket
0: (laughs) absolutely um will will you tell me about uh the web series what it's called and where people can find it coming out
1: it is a parody of the bachelorette so it's really 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 goofy um we had like three mansions a 50-foot yacht we had like a skydiving episode it was just super 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 over the top and then um the real bachelorette tv series will be airing in the spring so after every um after every one of those episodes come out it will be like a a, a piece of the web series will air as like an after show kind of a thing
0: gotcha and uh i, I you have a super sexy fhm article that came out <laughs> Thank you. in what you're wearing and also what you're talking about there will you talk about that experience that looked super cool
1: Okay, well, okay, so that's, the FHM is kind of the last stop on, like, the titties tour, basically. <laughs> Good. I was in, I did Playboy and Maxim and, like, all of that jazz um, a few years ago, and, you know, every now and then, like, I'll pop up in, you know, different various magazines, but the FHM was kind of the last, not, maybe not the last, last stop, like, maybe I'll do, like, an Esquire or GQ or something, but um my my third leg of the, of the triangle, basically, of, of the sexy triangle. Um, and it, okay, so this is a wild story. And if you want to talk about, like, not letting anything stand in your way, this is, this is, this is for the books. So a year and a half ago, at least, I um, spoke with FH, American FHM um, as it stood at the time. And they're like, yeah, like, you've done these other magazines. Obviously, FHM needs to get in, get in on the racial moments game. And I was like, great, I'm going to set up this photo shoot in Mexico with these swimwear brands. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. And my friend shot with me. It was wonderful. And so before we went to Mexico to shoot this, I did the interview that you see in there. And that interview that you see in the current FHM spread is from a year and a half ago. And I've done lots of wild things. So there's more to come on that. But um, so <laughs> working in, you know, south of the border time, The photographer didn't get these pictures together in a very um, time-effective way. The guy that did the interview, Nick Domingo, emailed me one day and he's like, "Um, FHM America's closing its doors. They literally just kicked us all out of the building today. We're done. Um, (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) What? Oh my God, what do I do? Right. So what do I do? I uh, kick it old school and I found the guy who bought American FHM and I was like what's bro and um I was like legally this interview is yours like you bought the assets um right but that was swim and it's January so we ran the the lingerie that you see in there that was shot by Shannon Lorraine, who's amazing and she's always you know her photographs are always in every magazine you can ever think of she's amazing and it was just her and I that shot that like I did the hair and makeup and her her son Grayson was like six months old at the time. Like I'm laying on that bed, like being like, "Hey titties," and her six month old son is like crawling next to me. But you don't see him. You don't see him in the frame. <laughs> but we were just, you know, we just pounded it out. And so a year and a half later, that's what you see. But it's a lot of it's a lot of crazy travel stories It's my crazy my crazy crazy friends that I go all over the place with.
0: I was looking at all of your. You know, looking at Instagram and and you know, get, getting up on Rachel and figuring out. You know, I was like, because you know, we know each other, but you know, I I like to do my homework and and all of that. And and you know, the documentary you did, the you slut documentary, and the talking about slut shaming and you know, being it, it, in in the juxtaposition of using your voice, being a strong woman, uh, being a model, doing swimwear you know, talking about different things. And I I really, I appreciate your way of bringing all of those things to the world where you're like, I own it and I can have, you know, a great body, do swimwear, do, you know, talk about real issues and all of that. And and I feel like so many, so many women, and especially because, you know, I, I have a leg in both entertainment and technology. And it's like, you know, I feel like sometimes if like a business... A businesswoman in technology, you know, like if I put up certain things that people are like, whoa, what's going on, Heather? Oh my yeah. goodness. You know what I mean? You know, like they're like, that's a lot of boob in that shot or whatever um you know
1: like, it's like it's a lot of pity 24 7 you just happen to see it sometimes and sometimes you don't like it's always exactly, there
0: exactly. like, yeah, yeah. You can't
1: unscrew it and leave it around but like oh I'm gonna leave these at home and I got I got two meetings back to back like no like, <laughs> you don't... Yeah,
0: they come with me yeah <laughs> do you find that you know in in the, like going through talking about that documentary and what you do in the world um like I I, I was I was really moved by what so many other women in that documentary talked about and i don't know do you feel things are changing at all around that
1: absolutely 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 it's so it's you know i always feel like in my own egos like rachel you're always so like on the pulse but like my ego tells me that but like it's even bigger than I can really like my ego can really even understand because like I did that in 2016 before a lot of this came out and like a lot of people don't like when I say this but like I talked to Juanita Broderick before she was even getting on tv again and she Mm. told me you know what Bill Clinton had done to her and how Hillary you know swept it under the rug and this that and the other thing like I did I made a conscious choice not to go after the Clintons because I don't have security like that but um but I became friends with her before she was before she would even show her face on tv again like I have her cell phone number like her and I talk
0: right right
1: and just you know the world has changed so much but like it was it was interesting because like a a piece of that documentary I covered the sex attacks in Cologne Germany um that was like the large sexual assaults in recorded history basically and then the media the German media tried to cover it up the German government tried to cover it up um and then a memo leaked between merkel and the the chancellor of germany and the mayor of cologne who was also a woman who was also the victim of a knife attack btw um where she was like the police need to go back and expunge the word rape from all of these police reports they're not allowed to use it and it was it was a major major scandal and you know they covered it up for some time and like the west never heard of it like they would hear whispers of it around europe but that was about it and once the story did break then switzerland and like four other countries were like we had the same thing happen on new year's eve and it became an even bigger thing and because of that and because of that story breaking and people getting upset and being like wtf um a big part of that problem was at the time that it happened because only out of 600 police reports that were made that night they only arrested three people um Wow. And two of them, I think is because they found stolen cell phones on them. Like it was really like so lowbrow. It was astonishing. So right. I had come to find out German law didn't have like the language or capacity in it to outline or define anything that wasn't like penis and vagina rape. Like if it was outside of that, molest, sexual assault, any, it wasn't actually illegal.
0: Wow, which
1: is crazy and they were like oh well we haven't had these problems until now we've never had to define this blah 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 so then i found my my uh my dp in germany who's amazing and wonderful he interviewed this guy um we interviewed this guy that was he went to jail for four years in germany for attempted murder because they're not really into like punishing in jail time there um Mm -hmm. and he said that when pedophiles do get arrested and they go to jail in Germany that they're treated with kid gloves and they're pampered in jail and they have it so easy and they're kept away from everybody and it's like well of course these things keep happening because like your law doesn't really make the, you know make it illegal your your correctional system is a hilarious joke like no wonder you're having these problems like come on
0: Yeah, there's no consequences, right? There's
1: no consequences whatsoever. But enough people got together and screamed loud enough. And so that happened on New Year's Eve. And by August of that, you know, eight months later, they made the German government define and put capacity in the law for not just rape, but sexual assault and molest and, you know, every piece of the spectrum of sex crimes that you could have. So now it is, in fact, illegal in Germany to do these things.
0: Right. You know, what's funny though. And uh, actually uh, I'm going to recant, you know, what is interesting about it is that I bet you there are people that are going to listen to the podcast that are not, are going to be like, what, what happened in Cologne, Germany? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, the, the that's the other problem is that because these things aren't brought up and we're not talking about them, mm-hmm. then we can't make any change right
1: absolutely absolutely and especially when you talk about like the language barrier is hard enough like on its face especially with a country like germany they're very super tight to their language they don't do anything yep. in english and we don't do anything in german so mm-hmm. that's that basically but then on top of it you have a media that willfully and maliciously hide stuff twist stuff doesn't run things runs misinformation I mean, just, you know, everything that you can think of. Any any time you talk to somebody who's been in the media for whatever god-awful reason, mm-hmm. they will tell you that they about destroyed their lives. I interviewed um, a bunch of people that were involved in the Pulse nightclub attack in Orlando. Uh-huh. And one guy, um, his name's Ramses, and he's so sweet and wonderful. But um, he's, yeah, I guess he was out of the 90 people you know, that survived that or whatever. He was the only person that was from Honduras. Granted, he had not been to Honduras in 15 plus years, but the media got pictures of him running out of the club because he was one of the first people to like push the door open that wouldn't come open and come out. Him and his friends just ran for blocks because I think he had like nine to 12 friends that were shot and killed that night. And the media took pictures of him, Telemundo and Univision, I think. And Mm -hmm. they, he was on the front page of every media outlet in Honduras the next day, there's a gay Honduran, get him. And his family had to go to Costa Rica because he was getting death threats and all this, that and the other thing because he had the audacity to survive a terror attack basically and because he was in a gay nightclub. And he had no idea that any of this happened. And of course, you know, the media cashed their checks from those images. He didn't get any of that. So it It really, really like defiled his life basically to to survive something like that by you know luck of the draw basically, and then have to survive a media an international media assault on your life is just it's so it's so 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 disgusting. And then another guy that I interviewed, um, this guy Orlando, who was in the in the bathroom that Omar Mateen was shooting up. Like that, hear about like the handicapped mm-hmm. stall. He was in the stall next to it with his friend Bobby, and like we had taken some like some behind-the-scenes pictures of you know the interviews and things like that. And then cut the camera. I went to the mall before my flight home because they have a Neiman's outlet in Orlando. And <laughs> by the time I could get to my gate for my plane, a gigantic, bruhaha had come up in the comment section of you're a liar. This didn't happen to you. This is bullshit. This is garbage. Like, you're profiting off this. You're profiting off that. Like We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. So, like, you're going to tell me, a person that was not there, what this person did and did experience. But there's police reports. There's footage of him being, he was the last person that was pulled out of, like, a hole that they blew in the side of the club. Right. So, all of that, and you're going to sit there and tell that this guy's a liar. This didn't happen. It was a hoax. Like, stop. Stop it. So yeah, I mean, we live in we live in a crazy world. But again, that goes that goes back to the whole like truth is stranger than fiction thing. If it if you hear something and it stings, it's probably the truth. And if you feel some type of way about it, like that's your issue, not anybody else's.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it seems to me that you know you're a podcaster, but I think the other title that you hold now is investigator for- Oh product. yeah,
1: oh yeah. I love I love investigations. I love due diligence. It's like my favorite thing ever. <laughs>
0: No, absolutely. And you do it well. And it's wonderful that you are bringing up these issues, these it's stories, right? I think it's all about story telling people stories,
1: everybody, you know, the mainstream media just edits people to their to their advantage, whatever is going to get them clicks, whatever's going to, you know, keep their advertising sales going or whatever, keep their track running like they don't actually they have very, very little interest in like actually telling the story or that person's story. And there's been, and from that, I haven't really been able to do anything about it, but people um, messaged me about like, like the, like the One Pulse Foundation and like how, you know, crooked things have gone from there. Like there was one survivor um, that I talked to through the grapevine that was like, yeah, I was offered uh, $14 out of the millions that had been raised by that foundation um, for my injuries and that, this, that, and the other thing. So it's a really things get so convoluted, it's, it's really crazy, and you don't know who to trust or to who to believe, but I always point people in the direction of people that were actually there, that were actually involved, because some newscasters sitting in a studio being fed what they're supposed to say through a telepompter or an earwig or what have you, like, they don't know, they have no idea, and they don't even care to know either.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, and I, I love it that you're using the platform that you have for good and also to un to peel the onion back.
1: Yeah. Let's get let's, let's get down to the the center of it here. Like, can't be like, "Oh, that was so terrible" and just like push it down because it'll happen again.
0: Thank you for sharing all of that because I think it's I honestly people forget and um and also don't always get the nitty-gritty. So I really I appreciate what you Thank you. Your show. Yeah, and what you talk about um because it's brave. You know, people, I think being vulnerable, being brave, being able to talk and give voice to others is super important in the world and we don't have enough people doing that. So it's super cool, Rachel.
1: <laughs> I love it. I think I think it's more fun to talk, talk about other people's stuff than it is my own. <laughs>
0: Well, um, I'm going to ask you my last question. Uh, and I didn't we, we usually have more conversations anyway, which is perfect. So um, but I, I always am interested in sort of the the if there's a spark, and there are some what is this spark that led you to today is it a person place thing experience moment that you're like, I sit here in myself. And if you can pinpoint one spark that brought you to where you are. Would you mind sharing that with our listeners?
1: I don't know that I have like one individual thing. That's, I think it's a series of very small little embers that got together over time uh, to glow in the fashion that they do. But I think a real life-changing thing for me is that um, my friends back in the day when I was still living in Michigan, uh, my friends had, you know, the chain of, links of lakes in Pinckney, mm-hmm. like Half Moon and Gallagher. Okay. So they had, uh, they my friends had this house together um, on one of the lakes. And this was back in the day. So that was the back when, like, Netflix had, like, DVD subscriptions. Oh,
0: wow. So we
1: would steal the Netflix subscription off the neighbor's porch. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that was, like, our thing or whatever. Yeah. So we were out yeah. on the boat, like, or we were, like, partying and, you know, drinking during the day. Like, oh, this, what is this Grandma's Boy movie? Oh, that sounds stupid. Whatever. And then we came off the boat drunk at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning. Like, what is this magnificent piece of gold? And... Decided to watch it, and I'm like, these people are my people. I don't know them, but I need to. And I was like, pack your shit, bitch. We gotta go. We have to go find these people. And I think um so. I'm gonna blame Nick and I guess, basically, on this this whole craziness because that was. I think that was a thing that I saw, and I was like, oh, I need to go do this. Whatever that is, I don't even know what it is. I'm down. So
0: that's awesome. <laughs> I
1: love it. it makes zero sense and it's so silly but that's like the best I can tell you if I saw that
0: like oh yeah yeah I think it's been I glazed over. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want that yes that is awesome that's super cool well so folks gonna uh, we'll put all this wonderful stuff in the show notes but uh folks can find you on instagram on twitter and then no filter friday is the podcast and there'll be um so the web episodes coming out so lots of stuff from you coming in this new year this new decade I think
1: yeah this new decade I'm so excited about the new decade I mean, this is again this is another silly thing but like I saw that meme like a few months ago that's like it's not just like the last piece of the year it's the last piece of the decade like go balls to the walls I'm like I love going balls to the walls let's do it um so I took a meme seriously <laughs> and I pedaled for the metal <laughs> for the last three months of the year and it, it was wonderful it was fantastic
0: super good well cool well i appreciate you and what you do in the world and i thank you for thank you. coming on yeah and uh sharing your story with our listeners it's been great
1: i'm so glad we got to do it it's been a long time coming
0: i know absolutely so thank you for that so right on so rachel thank you you're lovely and wonderful appreciate it
1: Thank you. have a good day
0: you too everyone that's been another episode of the mavens do it better podcast and here is to another big beautiful day on this blue spinning sphere thanks everybody The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.